0: And so I went and coached with Aaron and it was scenes with my mother, almost all my scenes. And uh, so one of the scenes, I'm trying to win my mother's love. I'm trying to tell her, hey, um, mom, I'm going to make money. We're going to go to Hawaii like I've always promised. It's almost. And Aaron goes, this is the thing, Blake, you're doing it well, but you can do it better. He goes, talk to your mom as if she were your girlfriend or your lover or an ex-lover, someone you really, really love in an intimate way. I was like, oh, it, it sounds weird if you're not an actor. It sounds disturbing, but that's what changes everything.
1: This is L.A.'s Good For You, Tinseltown, a podcast about the art, science, and business of filmmaking. Each week we bring you untold stories from the people who make Los Angeles the global capital of entertainment industry. Join us for your Hollywood 101. How does an actor prepare for a scene in a movie, or an audition? On this week's episode, we learn more about the actor's process. We continue to chat with Blake Webb, LA-based actor, originally from Phoenix, Arizona, who has recently starred in 13 Reasons Why on Netflix, as well as Criminal Minds and NCIS. We touched upon auditions and and, and you said that, you know, you, you go for some of these roles and uh, some of the shows like 12 times. So let, let's talk about your process. How do you prepare for auditions? Do you have a checklist?
0: How does it go? I don't, I don't have a necessarily a checklist. What I do, the first thing I do is I look at the breakdown. I look at the breakdown, see the character description. That's a good way to know your type because you're, you're getting seen for those type of roles. And then I look at the producers, the directors, the casting directors, and I look them up if I don't recognize the names. And I get a sense of the weight of this audition. I get a sense of how important it is to me. Um, everybody's different, but I need to know it's important to me or else I don't put as much effort into it. It's just natural. Like if I get an audition, it's just for something that, but this rarely happens now. But if I get an audition and I just, and and I look, at the, look up everybody and it, it's just not, it doesn't speak to me, I'll still put the effort in, but just not as much. Like I might go get coaching from Aaron. What I'll do is I'll go to him. I'll go to another coach. If it's a very, very, very important audition that could literally change my life and my family's life. Then I'll just put, I I don't care. Like I might not even need that coaching. I just go. So I, I look up who is producing, directing, casting, anything I can. And then I watch the show if it's available. Like Criminal Minds, so many seasons. Go get the tone of the show. This is what I hear from these workshops. This is what I've learned tone is everything like learn about the tone of the show so casting directors are always like what are you doing if you get an audition for a show and you don't watch an episode or two you're crazy because that is literally the answer to like the tone like like the rhythm the rhythm of the show so that's what i do i go watch one or two episodes so there's shows i've auditioned for that i don't particularly like i'm not i don't watch regularly or have never watched or don't have an interest in but i'll go watch one or two episodes just get the tone down um and then and then i then i go and if i have access to the full script or the pilot or the the episode which they really give you the full episode if it's episodic but you know if it's if it's an indie film they'll give you the whole film read the whole thing it's valuable very valuable and then uh i read it and then i just go over the scenes over and over and then i, I go get coaching i coach with uh Her name is Farron. She's a lovely person and a very, very good actress herself. And I've been going to her for so long. And I go to her for every audition almost. Recently, I did a tiny audition for um, a big feature film in New Mexico. And it was just a couple lines, really small role. And I didn't go to Farron because I thought it was really easy. And it was a video audition, but I get so indecisive. So Farron tells me, oh, that was a good take. Just stop. Blake, move to the next scene. That was a great take because I just want to keep doing it. So my process is usually text her immediately and go in there and just coach with her. Usually right before the audition. I'll go over it for like a day before I'll go over. I'm not, I'm never worried about lines usually anymore because memorization isn't that hard. If it's a Spanish audition and it's for, you know, Narcos, yeah, you got to work on that. I'm going to have to work on that uh, memorization for sure. But usually if I get coaching, if I get coaching and... Um, and I go over the scenes intensively. Usually, the memorization just kind of comes with it, and you just have your your sides in your hand in the audition. So if you ever forget anything, there's no panic. You just look down and go right back up. It's not even an issue. So, um, but really, it's just knowing the technique. It's like where where did you just come from before this scene? Why why is your character why are you auditioning these three scenes for this character? It's usually because those are the the best scenes they have access to for the audition. But really, they they might want to see three different uh, characteristics of this character. They might want to see a character, like, this is you um, with your love interest. This is you, um, you know, uh, at a job interview or whatever. Like, what are the circumstances? The technique stuff, the acting stuff, that stuff, the preparation time for auditions goes way down the longer you've gone to class. There might be auditions I only need like an hour with. And I'm good. I'm good to go. It's not going to benefit me more time. But some auditions, I, I, the more time the merrier. I mean, you can never be too prepared. But once you go in, the main thing that I remember is once I'm like outside the audition, let it all go. And go in there and just don't care. You care. Of course you care. You're, But don't don't think about it so much. Don't worry about it so much. Go in there and have fun. Because if you're not having fun, the the, the it's not going to show on camera, and the producers the producers are picking. It's not the casting director. It's the people watching in like Vancouver or wherever they're they're at. They're watching your audition tape. They want to see someone special. So the best way to be special is to be free. So I try to like do all the prep and then just let go. Are there any differences between your preparation for an audition versus a role that you've already booked? Well, I think, yes. I think, well, here's the thing. I think if you book it, you're almost there. You're already almost there. I'll give you an example. I coached with Aaron on the episode of Criminal Minds I booked. And there's a very specific note he gave me that I believe led me to book it. And, and as I've said, I've been in, I went in for that show 12 times in like two years. I'd, I'd go to that, it's in Glendale where they audition and like a, a trailer and I, I'd see Becky and Lisa, the casting directors, all the time. I'd be like, hey, again, I'm back. You know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do. The, they'd bring me, usually bring me straight to the producer director because they'd see me so much, so they knew, hey, this guy, whenever he's right for the role, the best for the role, he's gonna get it. And so I went and coached with Aaron, and it was scenes with my mother, almost all my scenes. And uh, so one of the scenes, I'm trying to win my mother's love. I'm trying to tell her, hey. Um, mom I'm going to make money we're going to go to Hawaii like I've always promised It's almost and Aaron goes this is the thing Blake you're doing it well but you can do it better he goes talk to your mom as if she were your girlfriend or your lover or an ex lover someone you really really love in an intimate way and I was like it sounds weird if you're not an actor it sounds disturbing even but that's what changes everything so that was the note we might have talked for 40 minutes about all this other stuff, but then that he gave me that note and we went over the scene a couple times and Aaron Aaron goes, that's it. That was really good. And he, I left and he told, he told his girlfriend, I think Blake's going to book that one. And I went in there and then, I, and then I ended up booking it. It was because of that one no. When I went on set, I didn't have to do a lot more prep work, prep work. I got the full script. It was a big part. So there were a lot more scenes, but I, I, I went to Aaron for a different coaching and I go, Hey, can we coach for criminal minds again? He goes, you don't need that anymore. Because I was about to shoot it. Because I just had that weekend before. He goes, you don't need that anymore. You're good. We already did the coaching. You're good. You don't need coaching on these additional scenes. And I was like, oh. He's like, just trust me. I went on set and it was just, it was an easy process. Stressful and it was it was emotional because of the character and everything. But, um, I usually just will go over my lines again. I don't want to like, it's just you know, you every everybody can forget things. So you go over your lines and make sure you're good and and if you want to do more prep, do more prep. It just depends. If you have that feeling you could be better prepared and you just got lucky booking it and prepare more. But some of the some of the T V roles I've done, it's just once you've booked it in the audition, there's not a lot more to it. And I've done a, a quite a few co stars. So those ones you don't need to do a lot more prep. Criminal Minds was the one where it was heavier, but I didn't do a lot of additional prep. I just made sure I was good to go on those scenes. But we yeah. So, Mhm. You don't have to answer this, but do you make a living as an actor or do you have other jobs to support yourself? The past couple I don't I'm totally fine answering that one. No problem. Past couple years, I've made a living as an actor. Um because of residuals from stuff I've done have been pretty good. And the main reason is cuz I booked a commercial 2 years ago. And it just got renegotiated to run another two years. I'm not... I don't go out for a lot of commercials. Um, some actors go out for commercials all the time. I don't. I go out for most of, like, TV stuff. But I got... I went out for a commercial and um, booked it, shot it. It's the easiest shoot I've ever been on. Um, really. It only took, like, 12 hours. And I don't even have any lines in the commercial and it aired it was just a popular commercial there's like six actors in it it's very popular for uh navy federal credit union and um and it ended up paying me a lot more than i thought and then it got renegotiated like two months ago so those the time span of it's 21 months so i kind of i'm good for 20 months i'm not rich or anything i'm just getting by but i'm good so i still do some contract graphic design on the side sometimes but I, had, I haven't had to do as much. But the problem is is when you have too much free time. And I never had any free time my first few years here. That's why I still try to do workshops because I don't like having free time because I get in my head. So um, I still do a little bit of contract graphic design. But I'm being honest. I don't really like graphic design a whole lot anymore. I mean, she, when, so it's, catch, it's tough because I wish I was on set all the time. I really do. And I hope that becomes a reality one day. That's my goal. So we've been told that the most rewarding work that you will ever do is in class. Do you find this to be true? Yeah, I think so. I I spoke with you guys, um, outside again. I was talking to you about the the staged reading I did for uh, um, Elizabeth Higgins Clark, who's the granddaughter of Mary Higgins Clark. She wrote a beautiful play, and it's a lot of it is based is is non is. is nonfiction a lot of it is about her family her brother um who has something called fractured x or fragile x it's uh, something with the x chromosome and it. it's sort of a form of autism and uh it's a beautiful play and i got to play her brother in it and uh that was the most rewarding acting i've ever done for sure was that play And a reading we did two readings in la at the hudson and two in new york One of the ones in New York was for for CAA at our office because they were looking at her script and then uh, they rep her. And then one was at a theater there. Nothing's made – no no, uh, screenplays made me more emotional than that one and it's just – I loved it. And Class is very similar. If you can do it in class, I promise you can do it on set. And in the audition, audition is a little weird. So like, because the rooms are small and stuffy, it's a different setting. And you're in your st- you got your sides, and there's it's not, it's weird. But class is kind of just like set in some ways. I mean, you don't have to cheat the cameras much and stuff. But if you can do it in class, you can definitely do it on set. And in class is the place to mess up. And so some of the most human moments happen in class. And if you can do it in class in front of like I don't know how many seats are in Aaron's class, forty. If you can do it in front of 40 people, you can for sure do it on set. And there's this extra feeling on set, this feeling like it's kind of like it's it's game time, kind of like Steph Curry when he plays basketball. It's probably different than when he's practicing. You feel that on set. I feel it. It's easier in some ways to access my pain on set. And in class, that's where I learned it, to be vulnerable. So class is so important and so it's such a special place everyone should have a class they go to every week unless they're working like is a series regular i think everyone should have a class they go to every week (laughs) what project a short or an episode that you filmed was your most enjoyable moment working my favorite act like i i know this is another question but it's related my favorite actor i was able to work with just as a kind person was probably wes bentley On American Horse Story. Uh, He's from American Beauty. He was just an awesome guy, like someone that you want to be like. Like, he he was, I was a small role in that. He's just talking to me about problems with his teeth that he's had because he didn't have dental until he made a lot of money acting. He's like, now I got all these problems because I didn't have dental. Now I have the money and now I got all these problems. He's like, talking about picking up his kid at soccer or something. He was just so. Relatable, nice, made me want to be like that. So I liked working on that just because of him. So here's the thing: I think I had the most fun doing *Streetcar* and *Desire* in a little in a little playhouse in Granbury, Texas, and doing that staged reading in New York and at the Hudson. It's a little more fun than being on set, but that's not like that's not the reality. And there's if, if I could do theater for like four or five years and be in like a, some Broadway stuff on, in New York, I would love to do that. Love to. But film is where you make money. And this is when I got into acting, I just wanted to do film. I just wanted to do movies, actually. But then I learned TV is easier to get into. At least for me, I've got more auditions for it. It's really hard to get good movie auditions. They're usually making offers to to name to star name actors who started acting when they were. 18 or 21, and you know I started later than that. And so I just think I have a good time on every TV set when you're treated right, when you're treated uh, fairly and right, and uh, and when you book a TV show, you will be treated fairly and right. You get eat really good food, and and generally speaking, your actors that you like love. Like I haven't gotten to work with like some of my favorite actors. Like I haven't gotten to work. Like I love DiCaprio. I love you know, Mark Wahlberg. Um, there's a lot of actors I love, but I haven't gotten to work with them, like the movie stars. But I've been able to work with some TV actors that are fairly well known, and and they're all like I feel like they've all been really professional. But it just feels good to be on a big set like that. I'd say Criminal Minds might have been my favorite one to be on because the role was just so. There's so much pain associated with it. Um, I got to let out a lot of like. I don't know. I got a really just, it was, it, it was actually exhausting when I'd go home from that set. I felt exhausted. I felt like, and actually one of the days I couldn't sleep the night before. So we shot like one heavy day and then I had one more heavy day. There were like two really heavy days on that show or three. But the before the last day, I couldn't sleep because I, because I would exhausted myself on set and I just, I, I was just, I couldn't sleep that night and I had to get up early the next day and I get paranoid about not waking up on time. And so I, um, it was lunchtime and I went to the trailer and I just was crying for like a half hour. Like, I don't know if there were tears of joy or exhaustion or or what. I literally just cried for a half hour. And then we had to do the last scene and I had no more emotion left for that scene, but I didn't need it. I'd already gotten, like, tears are not good acting, by the way. Tears are not necessary. It's just pain. You need to be in pain because that's what the character requires. Real pain. And so for that last scene, the pain was there, but I was just dead and exhausted. And it was perfect for the scene because that's what I was feeling. But that trailer in the trailer, no, that wasn't caught on camera, but I was like just weeping and I don't even know why. It's just like acting's weird and it gets your emotions going. And so that might've been my favorite set to be on. It's probably Criminal Minds because it ran so well when a show's run for 13 seasons and they have the same DP and the same producers and stuff and crew. They sh- they're a well-oiled machine. And they are just experts of their craft. And it's nice when the producer comes up to you and he goes, Hey, just wanted to tell you that the editors love you. They haven't had to edit around like anything. Because you're just spot on. And, everything. and that, that's probably why I cried in the trailer. <laughs> I don't remember why. But like, that, yeah, that was my favorite set to work on, yeah, Criminal Minds. And again, Criminal Minds isn't even my, I don't even watch it. I don't watch it regularly at all, or at all. I just watched it really to get a feel of the show. I think it's a really good show. Any show that can be on for 15 seasons, I don't care what the general public thinks. If it's on 15 seasons, that means the general public likes it. It means most people are watching it. NCIS, Criminal Minds, those shows, those procedurals, people love those shows. NCIS has been on forever. So those are the shows that also they go going to syndication. And then you get good residuals from it. They're great shows. So those, NCIS was another great one. I got to talk to Mark Harmon a lot because I was in a coma for like three quarters of the episode. I'm like one of the main guys in it, but I'm in a coma. I come out of it and I have like two really good emotional scenes. But I got to talk to Mark Harmon a ton because I'm in a coma and he come up to me after a take because it's him and his partner. They're like talking to I don't know if he's going to wake up from this coma. You know, Where's his dad? Like, whatever they're talking about, you know? And then that's the scene. And then between the scene, like, hey, man, how you doing? Where you from? And I, like, open my eyes, and I'm like, oh, I'm alive. Oh, hey, what's up, Mark Carmen? You know? I have this apparatus on my face because I'm, I'm in a coma. Um, and we just talk. And he talked to me about how he met Jack Nicholson at Staples Center one time. And Jack was starstruck by Mark Carmen. And Mark was starstruck by him. And Jack's like, I love your character. I love NCIS. And he told me this story to tell me that Jack Nicholson was expressing a lot of like some self-doubt in that conversation. He's like, yeah, I'm trying to. He's just talking about himself like like doubting himself. And this is a few years ago. And how could Jack Nicholson doubt himself? Well, because he's a human being. We all do. And so Mark Harmon was telling me that because he goes, hey, man, you're a good actor. Dude, you just got to not quit at this point. And he's like, Jack Nicholson doubts himself. He goes, that messed me up when I learned that. Because I doubt, you know, he was telling me he doubts himself. He's like, I've been on this show forever. Who knows who's watching it? You know, I've been on this show so long. We all have our own, like, inner mental battles. And we all want to be doing something more all the time, I feel like. And so one thing Aaron Spizer says a lot in class is, if you're not happy today... When you book that series regular, when you book that next thing, you might not be happy then because you, you're you only as happy as you are today. You got to enjoy the journey. And I'm trying to get better at that. and I'm actually not that good at doing that. Um, I might sound like I am because I'm talking about it. I'm not I'm trying to be better about that. Just enjoying the journey and listening to guys like Mark Harmon that say, hey, you're talented. Just don't quit because I don't care who you are. You've been in L.A. long enough. Even if you book stuff, there's a temptation to quit all the time. And a very close friend of mine who's on a series right now as a series regular three months four months before she booked that series regular she came to me and she was just needed she's had a little bit of a of a a little bit of a, a breakdown for a second. She was just like'm I'm, I'm thinking of quitting and going back to college or something and she's worked before quite a bit as a series regular years back but she hadn't been a series regular for like I, I don't know if almost a decade probably like eight years or something. So she was doubting herself. But then she booked a series regular. It was right around the corner. That's not going to be the case for everyone. I I hope it's the case for everyone. And I hope it's the case for me. But I'm just saying like we all doubt ourselves. And if I quit tomorrow, then I don't know what I might have been able to get the next week. And last year was my hardest year of acting I've ever had. It was just a dead year for me. And I lost my agent manager too. So it was like... But this year started out great. Booked a movie, but it fell through. A good movie, and it fell through. And I was super excited about it. But the same day it fell through, I got a... I was put on a veil for for 13 reasons why. Not a huge part, but a good part. A couple episodes. Named role. um, And uh, that's a very popular show. And and then it went through the next day. I found out I actually booked it. Those are those emotional moments. Like, I've, I've... I can think of like maybe five, six moments where I book that thing and you just, you, I just get emotional for like 10 minutes. So just grateful. That's, I hope there's more of those, you know, I do, but we all have our own doubts. That's I guess that's one of the themes that I wanted to talk about in this is just, uh, I don't know anyone in this industry that doesn't doubt themselves all the time, or at least sometimes. And so I guess the game is to try to do that less and less and just be happy. That's why class is important. Go to class, have fun, try stuff that you might not get a try in the audition room or on set, because maybe one day you will be able to, and then you'll be ready for that thing. So
1: if you could think about um, that perfect role, perfect movie, perfect director, perfect uh, co-star, what would that be?
0: I don't know because the honest truth is I don't know because I don't know just we were talking about type I know my type generally I think I know my type as well as 90% of people like I, I think I know it pretty well I think I'm pretty accurate but at the same time I'm not we're not I'm not a good judge of myself when I'm doing a video audition I might do a really good take and I might not think it's good I'm really hard on myself so the perfect role might not be what i want and then i get it and then i'm like this is perfect for me kind of like when i got sent to mexico for two years on a church mission i didn't want to go to mexico i lived in arizona my whole life it's right there mexico's right next to it what i'm gonna to go to it's just right there just a different country different name it's the same thing no it's way different and if you just go to border towns like tijuana or uh, rocky point you're not getting a uh, a real taste of Mexico. So the thing is is I didn't know because I didn't know. I don't know what my dream role is because I don't know it yet. It could be something completely different than I ever imagined myself doing. But um, I mean I, I grew up you know, watching like Jason Bourne stuff and thought oh, I want to be like a Jason Bourne. I don't want to be Jason Bourne. I just want to do good acting. Like I don't even want to do – I don't even want to be a movie star or anything like that. I mean, that's unrealistic sometimes even think like that because that that's putting I, – I I don't want to put my expectations to it. I just want to be a working actor. That's my goal. I don't think about Oscars. I don't think about any of that. I think about getting uh, – being, being a legitimate working actor. So series regular is my goal and any series regular would be my dream role, really. Uh, procedural cop show, dream role. Procedural serial killer show, dream role uh you know um narcos there you go i guess okay we've narrowed it down i've talked myself through this and i've already talked about narcos three times i'd say yeah being able to use a skill that i just happen to have like spanish in a in a in an engaging role on a show that's well respected like narcos that would be my dream role right now right this moment yeah narcos
1: and you talked about um, a lot of actors, if not every single actor in LA. Obviously, they doubt themselves all the time. What piece of advice would you give to anybody who gets themselves to that?
0: I would say, I would say a couple things. A friend of mine in acting class, very good actress. She's no longer in class right now because she's a series regular, and this is a different person than the one I just spoke of. She said she couldn't do comedy. And she's actually the one I did Taxi Driver with in class. She said she couldn't do comedy, and I'd never worked with her other than Taxi Driver. And We've been in class together for a few years. She's talented, and uh, we all need to hear that from people sometimes. We were talking as we were running lines, and she was—I could tell she was doubting herself a lot and going through something. And I was just like, um, "We were just talking about it." She goes, "I've been going out more auditions than I've ever gotten, and I haven't booked this year." And I go, "I've been going out fewer auditions than I've ever gotten this year." And she's like, "Well, it hurts." Because I'm going out a lot and I'm not booking. And I go, well, something's around the corner for you. And then it was. And then she booked something, something really big. Um. Uh, And it's a comedy. And it's from, I think, the creators of Always Sunny. Not the creators, but some of the actors and writers from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I think. So she doubts herself. And I remember talking to her and just saying like, I go to a therapist uh, once... Well, I was going once a week for a while, but now I go every other week. And it's covered by my insurance. I have SAG insurance, so it's great insurance. And it, I believe it covers all of it. Like the whole appointment. And I I, go, I asked uh, a friend from class who works regularly on sets, hey, who's your therapist? Last year, I just needed to. I'd never really worried about mental health or anything like that. And... uh Sometimes like your religious beliefs or talking to your parents, it's just not enough. You need to, to get a, an opinion of someone who's completely outside of you, who's an expert in that field. So I believe going to therapy is almost like now that I've gone, it's, I can't imagine not going. It's so important for, for maybe not everybody needs that. I do. I believe if I didn't think the way I think, I wouldn't be able to act the way I act and have the talent I have. So I'm grateful for my demons or my uh my up and down moods sometimes. I'm grateful for those because it makes me a better actor. But I have to keep those in, in check. And that's good for me to go to therapy for that. Um, acting class is another way. Like just think, like, if you're not going to class and you're in LA and you're struggling to get auditions, you don't have an agent or a manager, um, what are you doing here? What are you working on right now? Like what are you are you auditioning for shorts? Are you getting those? Are those helping you get better? Maybe they're not. Or maybe they are. Maybe you don't need to be in class right now. Maybe you're really busy working on on some stuff like that. For me, I would rather be in class learning from a high-level expert who coaches very good actors like Will Smith in Aaron's case. I'd rather be learning from someone like him than be on a student film and getting more footage. I don't need more footage. I want to be learning. And so for me, that's another form of therapy. Um, cause you got comrades in there. You got, you got other people who are in the same field as you going through the same things who think they're alone, but they're not. Like we go to third stop this, this, um, uh, this bar and get, we, we go get pizza and drinks after class. And, uh, that's where we talk about our, our problems in life, and it always relates to acting. And a lot of people I talk to don't think that other people have the same problems, and they're like, "Dude, I didn't know you you were so hard on yourself. I didn't know you thought the same way." I, I'm I'm like, "What did you think I thought?" You know, I'm like, "I didn't know you did either." You know, you everyone is their their own worst enemy sometimes. So. Those are two great things. Therapy, if you if you can afford it or you have insurance. And then and then if you if you don't, then hopefully you can get insurance and, and go to it. Um you get mental health coverage in class because you got people who believe in you. Um But yeah, one thing that also with acting is a lot of people are in acting and they it's their dream, but this is I've talked to acting coaches about like what do you do like you know not every student you have in class is going to make it and i'm like and what i've heard from generally from acting coaches is their motivation is that they're helping those people in their lives because they're helping them get good at something they want to get good at and then in that process they may find they're even better at this other thing that's in the film industry that they like more than acting but they didn't know about it but acting led them to that or it, it might lead them to meeting someone, their spouse or something like that, you know. So it leads them to other things. And that's why I just believe class is a great thing in general. So a lot of people. We're all misfits here. LA is the land of misfits, I think. And we're all in class together. And, you know, like we think we're a misfit and we think other people aren't. But I think everyone in class is kind of a misfit. That's why I like acting is because I've never really had like a social group growing up. I've, I've just been friends with the A lot of people, just everyone. I've just had a lot of different friends. And in high school or in middle school, I remember a middle school friend coming up to me and being like, hey, man, Blake, you're just like your own thing. Like you don't fit in with like the jocks or the stoners or the skaters or the preppies. You just kind of like he literally said this. I remember his name was not even like a super close friend. And I remember at the time feeling like insulted, like, oh, I don't fit in it. I don't like fit in any of those groups. But then being like, you know what, like now as I get older, I'm like, no, that's like a cool thing to be able to be friends with all different types of people. And I believe that's a lot of what, at least from what I've seen in acting class, a lot of people are like that. They just didn't have like an exact group. And acting class is kind of like a communion, like a gathering of, of misfits who want to be actors. <laughs> so that's why it's a good therapy group. Like go out, if you go to an acting class, go hang out with your actor friends after class. Socially, don't just do it in an acting class. Life isn't all about acting. Acting is life too. It's like, it it is about life, literally. But it's like, I put too much of my energy into acting my first few years here. It's all I cared about. I wasn't really focused on dating or being social. I just would work to make money to go do acting things and be an actor and act and act and act and act. And what happens is if you're not getting the success that you expect, which is usually not realistic what we expect, then you're just going to get depressed. And so you got to find other things. Like right now, I'm working on trying to be more well-rounded and I've been – just recently, last few weeks, I've been doing rock climbing at like a a gym called The Stronghold over in downtown, like Rockwall. That to me has been therapeutic. Just lifting weights isn't do it. I've been doing it so long, it's kind of boring sometimes. I want to try new things, and you can be social rock climbing. So, there's three things uh, go to therapy, go to acting class. If you're an actor, I'm ta- I guess I'm assuming that a lot of these people listening might be actors or prospective actors or want to know what actors do. And then, like, a uh, good hobby, which is the thing I'm working on I'm trying to find more hobbies that get you out of the house, they aren't like playing video games. Cause I do that sometimes, but that's not a good hobby to get you out of the house. So, like, what's going to get you out of the house? For me, rock climbing's good, and maybe I won't, and hopefully I don't get hurt doing that. Cause that's why I don't want to do like martial arts or something. I'll get hurt. I'm, I'm injury prone. So,
1: Blake, one <laughs> last question, sure. and this is what I'm always interested in. Um, people um, go on sets, and only recently we've learned actually the difference between crafties and catering. Uh-huh. Um, what was the best? food you've had you've had on set. oh
0: that's a good that's a lot of well thought questions um hmm let me tell you this every TV set has the best food in the world like every TC- TV set has like top tier catering in LA all these TV sets it's incredible in Atlanta too like you should have this amazing catering um that commercial I told you I did a couple years ago that's it's, uh, helped me in my life a lot financially. That commercial had some of the best catering I've ever had. I don't even remember what the food was. It's just, it doesn't even matter what the food is. There's something for you. These sets, they have something for everyone. There's literally vegan food, vegetarian food, uh, any meat you could want. And like you get there in the morning and they come to your trailer. And they're like, what do you want to eat for breakfast? And you just say whatever you want and they'll make it. And I just want a breakfast burrito. And they make like the best breakfast burrito in the world. And then at lunch, you go there and you're, they, you know, they prepare specific things, but there's really everything. And then the desserts are like amazing. So that's just like one of the perks of being on set. I imagine, I, I've i imagined, because as I get older, and I'm not that old or anything, but I've noticed my metabolism in the past few years slightly slowing down. And I have a new challenge of like, whoa, didn't you just have to worry about like cardio? I just lifted weights and drank a lot of protein. And now it's like, I gotta do cardio and then you can't eat after a certain time. And you have to strategize, it's, it's... And some people battle that from when they're in their, uh, their kids. So I, I didn't know much about that, I was I was lucky. And now I'm starting to have to like be more conscientious, conscientious about this. And when I – when I now sometimes when I'm just thinking and I'm like, what do these series regulars do? They might – like these actors that stay in great shape, the ones you see in movies and, and, you know, like stay in excellent shape. Like Mark Wahlberg, like he probably doesn't eat much of that set food. He's probably just taking like – I don't know what he eats from there to stay in such great shape. What do you do? Because there's the best food in the world. So much. So much of it anything you could want and crew most of the crews just like they're just like give me that food that's that's the right career be working crew on a film set then you're on set all the time and you can have all the best food (laughs) acting you gotta like you gotta audition for this food you know you gotta audition and earn you know you gotta yeah maybe I chose the wrong career path no I didn't but anyway that's
1: perfect (laughs) And that's all, folks. You can catch us on Instagram and Twitter at La Is Good For You. Our podcast is recorded at Rosinante Studios in Delray, recommended for all your low-budget recording and sound editing needs.